Was this like a news jingle or something? <laughs> it was the gorillas, baby. Oh, is it? I, did, I didn't dive too deep into the gorillas discography years ago. It's called Rock the House. Kristen Ocero, Blake Schneiders. First time I've said it right all show. Filling in on After Hours here on 610 Sports Radio, the Odyssey app. However you choose to listen, we appreciate you listening here on this Monday night. Home run derby underway right now. Two mat, two half of the first round matchups are uh, complete. Randy Rosarena beat Garcia in the first matchup there, and then the second matchup, biggest underdog, twenty to one to win. Adley Rutschman hit twenty seven home runs, but lost to Luis Robert Jr., who hit twenty eight. Vlad Guerrero Jr. currently up there right now. He uh, just called for time there. He's taking a break. He hit. He's hit 11 thus far. Still has about 90 seconds or so to finish up this round. Uh, it took him a little bit to get going. He Early on, like, he was kind of, he looked like he was fouling some off. He was hitting some little, you know, easy fly balls. But he got into a bit of a rhythm. You could tell he's like, he's really jacked right now. He's taking a sip of his Gatorade. He's got 91 seconds left here in this first round matchup with Mookie Betts, who was a terror when he was at, uh, when he was playing against the Royals last weekend, just ripping them to shreds. So uh, I'd like to see Vlad Guerrero Jr. go out there and get this dub. Super, super talented hitter here. Uh, I want to get into the uh, Skip Bayless story. For those of you who don't know, uh, Skip Bayless, host of Undisputed, has had a little bit of trouble getting someone to come co-host Undisputed with him now that Shannon Sharp put up two fingers, accepted a buyout from FS1 and left Fox Sports, got tired of Skip's stuff. We obviously, I mean, look, if you if you knew about the story from the get-go, we, we all knew it was a problem. Knew it was a problem when... Uh, with some of the stuff that Skip was saying about Shannon Sharp, you know, in regards to his greatness. Then on top of that, you had uh, him going out here and and kind of trying to minimize the DeMar Hamlin situation. Shannon wasn't happy about it. Shannon missed a couple days. Then when he came back, Skip tried to act like uh, it wasn't a problem and that the producers and everyone were cool with it or whatever, even though there's no indication that's true. And basically interrupted Shannon as he was giving his piece and telling everyone how he felt about that situation. So um, you could tell that there was a, 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 a rift between the two. And it finally exploded when uh, Shannon got that, accepted that buyout, dipped out of, out of FS1, and now is the hottest free agent in sports media right now. Vlad Guerrero, I think he's at 17, one more shot. No, 17. So he's at 17 right here. I think the bonus round here, we're waiting on that. But uh, not a great showing for Vlad here thus far in the first round. He's got a minute of bonus time. We'll see if he could pick it up and get a little extra runs there to kind of pad his his numbers here. He's saving it all for the second round. I mean, he's got to get to the second round first. No, no, I understand. <laughs> he's got to hit he's there first. Smoke. He'll be fine. He's got to hit there first. Uh, but here's, here's the thing about Skip. And I've, I've, I've followed Skip since his days when he was on cold pizza. 
the guy has built his legacy on slandering athletes and attacking them in ways that are disingenuous. And like when you hear him talk about guys like Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes is his new guy now to target as LeBron James is, you know, nearing 40 and whatnot. Um, he's always finding the most ridiculous angles to attack athletes. In a way, it's like, you know, there's there's like that guy who calls in here. It was like Steve from Lenex or whatever. He always changes his name when he calls in. And he just like pretends like he just he just adopts this contrarian point just to troll. And that's what Skip Bayless does. And it's gotten to a point now where Skip is begging his biggest adversary to come do the show with him. Here's Skip Bayless on his podcast begging Charles Barkley to come join Undisputed. Started thinking about my next debate partner on Undisputed, and this is what occurred to me. Charles Barkley would be my dream debate partner on Undisputed. I would dive out of bed every morning out here in Los Angeles at 2 o'clock in the morning to get to work with Charles. Please, Charles, please come and please work with me, me, this damn idiot. Please. What, what a joy it would be to do battle every day with Charles Barkley live on television. I, I could semi-retire. I could mail it in. I, I could, dare I say, actually have a life and forget about prepping so furiously hard night after night after night for every day is undisputed. All I'd have to do is let Charles go first and listen to him make a fool of himself. I mean, he would die if he did a show with Charles because Charles is on the record saying that he would like to kill Stephen. I mean, uh, kill Skip Bayless. I don't think that. I mean, and look, Skip knows that Charles would never do this. This is his way of trying to get a shot at him because he's he's mad because I mean, Chuck been taking shots at him for years now. He just recently did on the match. Uh, what was it a couple weeks ago? <laughs> he, he said uh, he said you get to you get to get a buyout from working with that damn idiot. Like, uh, I mean, he has Chuck has actively talked about killing Skip for years now. So, I mean, we know that this is this is never going to happen. But it's amazing to me that the consequences of Skip Bayless's actions are starting to come come out. You know, starting to be seen now because it came out that Undisputed is going to go on hiatus until the end of August. So about a couple months, because I think they announced it at the end of June. Two-month hiatus, which means they're going to miss training camp. They're going to miss any potential injuries that happen there, any potential changes in roster. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins signing, hopefully, with the Chiefs. A lot of things they're going to miss out on because... No one wants to work with Skip. And I don't think it's like nobody wants to work with Skip. I think it's that nobody big wants to work with Skip. Like, a lot of people were like last week when ESPN did their layoffs. Oh, well, what about Keyshawn Johnson? Keyshawn Johnson. Keyshawn don't want to work with him. Keyshawn don't like him. They worked together at ESPN. Keyshawn never liked him. Keyshawn would roast him when, in the few times that they would do when he would appear on first take when Skip was there. Keyshawn would get into his ass about things. Ain't no damn way he's going to want to do a show with him. I mean, right now, like at this point, and, and I know like another name has been floated around is Nick Wright. I hope Nick doesn't 
do that. I think that's career suicide for him. I think Nick's above that. He's he kn- above that. He knows he's already in a good spot. Why go Why go even play exactly. that game? He's got a show in the afternoons. He's good. Like He's he's the, the star of that show on First Things First. It's tailored around him. He doesn't need to degrade himself by going and doing a show with Skip Bayless. Well, <laughs> and one of the bad things is, is Skip, the reason I, I had lost all respect for Skip Bayless is because he is the the embodiment of clickbait talking head. That's that's all he is, and I think in a world that got became oversaturated by clickbait, mm-hmm. it's not interesting anymore. You having some edgy take that everybody knows is wrong, just so you can sit there and argue and like. And I get it. Stephen A. kind of played the same game, uh, and 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 um, he's done it for years. Skip's done this for years. Is he's just he's lived off haters. Because the people that are like you are going to like you, but he knew that the haters were going to watch him as well just so they could anger watch him and get mad at what he says and scream at their TV and call him stupid. But it, I feel like it, it's not valuable anymore. And I don't think it ever really was valuable, but at least it had shock value. You know what I mean? They're like, I yeah. can't believe you said that. But now it's just it's played out. Nobody cares about that. Have a real take that you actually believe, Skip. I don't believe you believe the, half the things that come out of your mouth. Yeah, I mean, look, I – I used to be the king of hot takes here on sports, 610 Sports Radio years ago. And, you know, eventually at a certain point, you realize it it goes away. Like, it's the business changes. And no longer can you go out here and do the contrarian takes like you could like you could before. And now you got to give the quote-unquote base takes as, as, as we do now in the industry. And so what you see with Skip Bayless is, is it's like – you remember when Byron Scott took over as the head coach for the Los Angeles Lakers years ago? It was like almost a decade ago yeah. now. And he was like, we're not going to shoot threes. We're just going to shoot high percentage twos. And the Lakers got smacked for not even two seasons that he was there. Like, I, I think Scott lasted maybe one year. And they were a terrible team because all they did, and Mookie Betts right now is having a terrible run here. He's got 10 home runs with 30 seconds left. Vlad hit 26, so... I think we're good. I think I think Vlad's got it. I think he's got it here. He's getting revenge for that that terrible weekend that the Royals had against Mookie. Um, but it, it, we've gotten past the point of hot take radio, hot take TV, uh, guys yelling at each other at a, at a desk. We're past that now because especially now that you've got players starting or former players starting to take over sports media, guys like JJ Redick, um, uh, guys like uh, what is his name. Uh, uh, Ryan, whatever his name is, former Steelers, uh, former Steelers, Ryan Clark, Ryan Clark, like, you know, him and Fred Taylor do a podcast called the pivot. Good stuff. Those guys, former NFL players talking, you know, talking about a lot of player issues. Uh, Derek Jeter launched the players tribune like a decade ago or a little bit over a decade ago. Tons of athletes. Current uh, and Pat McAfee show. Pat McAfee is another I mean, example. Well, and I think what you've seen now is as platforms and I'm sorry if I, took this from you but i think as players have gotten the ability to get in front of an audience and actually talk instead of being a a analyst on espn and you had to go through tryouts and you can just go ahead and pop up a pop up a recorder and a microphone in your house and tell in-depth real life stories that people are going to put actual faith behind and from because you're hearing it from the horse's mouth you're no longer listening to a skinny scrawny old white dude sitting behind a desk who's never played football a day in his life giving hot takes now you can actually listen to athletes and those when athletes give hot takes you put more behind it 
Yeah, unless it's a really bad take. Yeah, no, we're, but we're, I'm just saying. Uh, yeah, right on, of but course, yeah, every bad more, take's gonna be they roasted. Have, they have natural credit, like natural uh, credibility because they played exactly. And, that, and that's like the whole thing about like sports media in general is like it's a business built on, uh, you know, we've got guys who didn't play the sport who are you know journalist types, and then you got your hot take artists, and then you got the athletes who've been there, done that, and they can kind of kind of play the middle on that. And you're starting to see more like current athletes like Draymond Green has an influential podcast that that where he's you know he's gaining traction when he talks about things because he's in the league and he's talking about guys that he's playing against. And what Skip Bayless does still is is outdated. It's outdated. It's like what it's like the offense that the Tennessee Titans run where they're trying to play Marty <laughs> Ball, you know, it's it's outdated. It doesn't work anymore. And it, it worked. 30 years ago, in this case for, for Skip, it worked a decade ago. But now we're in 2023. We're in the, 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 we're in the era of player sports media, player-controlled sports media, and it just isn't the same. you got to have good insight. We have analytics. Analytics is everywhere now. It's everywhere now. you got nerds on, on Twitter all over the place bringing up like uh, you know, EPA plus and all of that and throwing out all these statistics that uh, you just learned were a statistic last year. And I, mean, I do work for pro football focus and it's just like, they come up with a new statistic every year, you know, <laughs> like, Oh, you got to watch out for this. And oh, we're calculating this and make sure you, and it's just like, really? Like this is, it's getting complicated now. And so hot take radio, hot take television, that stuff, doesn't fly anymore. And I think there's a lot of people out there that are starting to realize that. I mean, Fox seems to be the only network that still has hot take guys on there, like Shady McCoy with his Andy Reid slander and Emmanuel Acho with his terrible football takes. And now, you know, Skip Bayless, who's still coming after the King for years now. And then he, now he's going after the, the, the new goat, the baby goat in, in Patrick Mahomes. It's just like, at a certain point, people realize that they don't want to do that anymore. And I think now he's really starting to see the price he's paid there because there's a lot more players out there that could join. And I think after the DeMar Hamlin situation, he kind of burned that last bridge there. He's probably going to end up with some guy who really isn't a big star. And, you know, maybe that person will turn out to be a big star, kind of like Shannon has, has, has done in his time on that show. And I commend Shannon for han- how he handled that situation. He could have, like gone out in a blaze of glory and throw up middle fingers everywhere. And you know, I hate you skip and punch him. Uh, dude, you know how much I would have paid to see him punch skip. Would have loved it. <laughs> I would have loved that. Loved it. That would have been so great. If he punched skip at, at, on his way out, that would have been hilarious. But the, the way that he went out was so respectable. You got, I got, a, I got a lot of, I, I, I'm a bit, I've been a big fan of Shannon since he retired. I hated him. He was with the Broncos, uh, but I, I've been a big fan of him on television. He was really good on CBS on their pre and, and uh, on their, their desk coverage. But man, I got so much respect for him for what he's done on undisputed. Cause anybody that could work with skip Bayless now and still like maintain their sanity, that person has so much virtue and patience to be able to deal with that guy. So I, it, like I said, skip got what was coming to him. And uh, uh, I hope he struggles to find a, a co-host there for him. Um, Looks like Vlad Jr. got the dub. Uh, Mookie Betts did not do good. He hit like 
He, I mean, he was halfway through that bonus round. He had one home run. He ran out of gas real fast. So Vlad Jr. looks like he's going on to the, to the next round. Now it's going to be Pete Alonso and Julio Rodriguez. Um, this, I mean, this might be the best matchup of the night there. Uh, are, are they all rocking? Are they all rocking custom bats? Are they all the same? Just it's all I think custom, they're all, but they're I all the same. All, I think they're all custom. I think they're all custom. That's cool. I like that. That's some MLB the show type stuff. That's something they should be doing anyways. In yeah. Baseball. Like base, like that's the one problem with the sport is like, there's not enough individuality. Not they enough need swagger. More. Exactly. Like Ellie De La Cruz has swagger oh, on swag, him. Baby. They got to promote swag in these guys. Coming up next. I'm going to tell you why I think we're whole, we're getting a little bit, a little bit too quick here to start proclaiming Andy Reid as the GOAT. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. Back in here on After Hours. 610 Sports Radio, the Odyssey app. Christian Nocero, Blake Schneiders. Julio Rodriguez. He was hammering. He was just yamming these pitches out of the park. 32 home runs in the first round. Has not taken his bonus swings yet. Has a very good chance with a minute of bonus time to beat the 40 that Vlad Guerrero Jr. had. Previously is the record there. So, uh, and and this is in front of his hometown Mariners crowd. So this right here is, uh, it would get a big reaction if it were to, if he were to surpass that record there. Cer- certainly there will be a, 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 a lot of fans out there who are, who are going to go crazy for that one. Good chance here. This is good television. This is what the dunk contest needs right here. <laughs> dunk contest needs some star power like this, man. So, so let me ask you, Chris, because that's a great comparison. I feel like the dunk contest, at what point, when you run out of just regular dunks and you got to start bringing in props or doing something nobody's ever seen before, but you're never not going to be amazed at a home run, I feel like. Like, I was watching highlights the other day of Mark McGuire hitting absolute moonshots. Yeah. And I was like, ah, dang. All roided up, just smacking. <laughs> oh, he was out there just. Yeah. He was jacked. 6'5, 260. Jacked. Just, just smacking the hell out of the ball. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and I was still goosed up. And that was 1998. I think. Here's the thing about the home run. This is the thing that, like, maybe baseball wants to lean into a bit with all those juice balls they still have floating around here. They really like, like the whole, nothing in sports aside from like a, a, a crazy long play in football, like a great, like a long catch, like a, you know, like, you know, like when Tyreek Hill had that, had that catch against the Bills in the playoffs, yep, yep. you know, ran right through the defense. Nothing in sports is like that. He just did. He, he just did it. it. 41. 41. 41 from Julio Rodriguez. I mean, unless Pete Alonso, unless he got some of that, 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 that secret sauce or something like that, he's done. He's finished. Um, but, uh, I mean, 
Aside from that, like a big play in football, I don't think anything is more captivating for an audience in sports than a home run. I mean, a home run is just, I mean, no matter how boring other aspects of baseball can be, you know, like watching a bunch of guys hit into a ground out, you know, second to first for the out. Um, nothing is as exciting except for like that big play in football than a home run. I think it's, I think it comes with the, the atmosphere, the crack of the bat, that sound, you just don't hear it all the time. So, you know, when one's gone, it's gone. Yeah. Like, especially, you know, what's really good is when a hitter hits it and they know it's gone. Yeah. Like, there's not like a hit it and you run in like, oh, it's gone. Yeah. No, like, no, they hit it and then they just stand and watch. They just pimp the bat flip. They do something yeah, like. They just, like, you remember that that home run that Jose Bautista hit? Oh, when that they might the, have been one of the, the best Rangers in the playoffs. flips of all time. Oh, one of the he best flips. stood there, looked at it, just and then watched, watched that bat up in the air. Like, just watched it the whole time. Because he knew immediately. And I love that. That's one of my favorite parts. I know that's, like, against the unwritten rules. But, you know, baseball's unwritten rules are stupid. Yep. But, like. That right there is like one of the most captivating when someone hits it and they know it and like the broadcast knows it because they're it's always really cool when you like because you can like if you, I know you, now that you are doing the Royals games, you know, when like whether it's Eisenberg, whether it's Stu, whether it's uh, Lefevre or or Denny, when they know, they know like there are times where it comes off the bat and they just know immediately. And it's just like, oh, it's gone. You know, like that, that right there is like still one of it's it. Everybody stops and watches whenever someone hits a ball far. In what, that sport. Well, and that call is also part of it because a dunk happens pretty quickly. You know what I mean? Yeah. But a, a home run can take like three, four seconds. So the call is vital to the yeah. home run. How they, how they you know, elaborate on that moment as the announcer. I think that's what also makes, you know, like we're talking about, yeah, makes the home run yeah. so cool because they get a couple seconds to really watch this thing go. You have hopes. You, like, like you go up for a big dunk, bam, it's over. That was the dunk. And you're like, oh, that was crazy. Well, unless it was a dunk on a person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tell you, a dunk on a person is almost no, close that's to always a home run. Cool. That's always that's almost cool. close to a home run. Like when that, was that that Kai Jones kid or whatever dunked on, on Victor Wimbanyama oh, yeah. on Friday? And, we, and everyone was like it. in shocked. Everyone was in shocked. They're like, "Oh, he dunked like, on oh my God. How you dunk on that seven three dude like that?" But like, like a good face to face, like posterizing, is almost there with the home run. But it's not there. Like I, I, I do think like besides like a, like a good kick return or like a great long run, you know, like something like that. I don't think anything is besides that. I don't think anything's better than a home run. Home run is still one of the most captivating things in sports. So that's the reason why I think the home run derby is, is visually appealing. If anything, it is a visually appealing display of athleticism. My girlfriend always asks me all the time, is like, why do you watch so much sports? You know, why are you always, because she always, you know, I, she'll get home from, you know, doing whatever. She's like, oh, you, why you always got, I had F1 on like last weekend. Why you got, why you, are you watching this now? Like, yeah, I'm watching this. And it was like, I am always in awe of the elite athleticism that these people showcase. As uh, Pete Alonso now is almost at the uh, 92nd mark on his first round, and he just he just crossed him. Look, like that's his 11. He needs a timeout. Yeah, he, he needs, needs to take a timeout. He's probably going to wait till one minute. 
he, he I think he might be starting to get his swing now. So, oh, there, there he is. is. There it. he is. Still got minute twenty one here. So, uh, I'm not sure he gets this one. He still he needs thirty to tie. <laughs> Will I'm the king sure. be dethroned? I think so. <laughs> I think I think we're gonna have a new winner here. <laughs> he technically has two minutes and twenty one seconds left. And, yeah, and uh, Julio got to. 14 I think in a minute yeah. or a minute and 10 yeah yeah he took he took his break right around 90 and he had 15 at that point I think or 16 um, but then he just got super hot maybe maybe Alonso's got 30 left in him for this round but I mean that would be a Herculean effort at this point um, yeah I don't think that happens though I I, I will say this uh, it might be looking good for for Vlad in the second round because uh that had to take a lot of energy to hit 41 home runs in the first round there. Our, <laughs> you other, bet, yourself out. our other bet's still alive. Yeah. Still Vlad, alive. Vlad is still alive. Um, so, yeah, I want to I get into this conversation that's kind of been jumping around here about Andy Reid. And some people are attempting to insert him into the conversation of the greatest of all time as far as head coaches go in – the league and and a lot of this came from an appearance that Michael Vick made on Tyreek Hill's podcast uh, where he slanders Patrick Mahomes and uh, Vick had this to say about Andy Reid and his all-time greatness. He understands talent. You know what he's doing, huh? He know how to find. He know where to place you on the field so you can be always at an advantage over the over the defense mm-hmm. over the opposition. Exactly. And it, it's not. I was actually thinking this year, like, after Andy won the Super Bowl, he he only got two, but he went to, like, four or five NFC championship games. Every year y'all was in the NFC, your AFC championship game, or he was in the NFC championship game, or he was close. He might be the, one of the, the the greatest coach of all time. Bro, seriously. You don't have bro. to win championships to be considered, you know, I understand Belichick and Brady and that, that whole dynamic, but... Coach did it in Philly, and then he did it in K. He's doing it in KC. Doing it in KC, crazy though. It's stupid. You know what I'm saying? Yo, I'm always shout out Coach. Like I love, I love that man to death. Like for real, literally, I do anything for him. Yeah, I still love Coach. And I know you do too. But yeah, even though he ain't called me back on my contract deal, still love you, Coach. (laughs) So, Mike Vick making the case for Andy Reid, and. I mean, I want so bad to be able to make this case. I'd love to be able to argue with people about who the GOAT is between Andy Reid and Bill Belichick. But let's keep it real. It's not close. It isn't. Right now, Bill Belichick's legacy is completely unimpeachable. I looked this up. Right now, if Bill Belichick has wins 19 more games as a head coach, he will be the winningest coach of all time. He will surpass Don Shula for the most wins in NFL history as a head coach. Don Shula's at 347. He's at 329. Crazy-ass number. You know how many wins Andy Reid has for his career as a head coach? 269. That's regular season and playoffs together. Oh, okay. I 269. I'm looking at the wrong list. <laughs> yeah, you're looking at because I think it's like 247 total. Yeah, 247. And then 22 playoff wins. So 269 is the total that he would he would need Bill Belichick to stop coaching right now and then he'd have to notch 60 more wins to match Bill Belichick right now. Not only that, 
Bill Belichick got four more rings than him. I, if you've ever listened to me before, you know, number of rings to me doesn't determine who the GOAT is. Uh, Pete Alonso is now at 20 in the bonus round, about, was it 30 seconds or so? Um, he, he ain't matching this. Um, but it, it would take a Herculean effort. Like, Andy, Andy would have to win 60 games, four championships, and Belichick would have to stop coaching right now in order for him to reach the level that Belichick has reached as a coach. And I'll say this, because I, I I heard, I also listened to a clip with Coward and, and Nick Wright, and they made a great point about his legacy as far as being an offensive influence in this game. I think Bill Belichick is the greatest defensive mind that football's ever seen. Excellent coach. Uh, he has done a great job at stopping some of the best offenses in the league. I mean, this was the guy that shut down the greatest show of turf in, in the Super Bowl. This is the guy that has found ways to shut down some of the best teams that we've seen. They went out and they absolutely destroyed the uh, Jim Kelly led bills that offense with the bills. That was way ahead of its time there. They were just two minute drill, running down the field, Thurman Thomas. I mean, just so many Hall of Famers there uh, with Kelly there and Levy. And they shut them down in the Super Bowl, even though they're major underdogs and and went on to beat them because of, you know, the white right situation there in, in 1990. There are just so many great accomplishments that he has as a head coach and as a defensive coordinator. And you look at Andy Reid. Andy Reid might be the greatest offensive mind we've ever seen. Maybe the most influential coach in modern times as, a, as an offensive play caller. Um, his offenses have shaped modern offenses in today's NFL. Everyone's copying what he's doing on offense. But it ain't at the point as being as influential as what Bill Belichick has done. And as far as the career accomplishments, as far as wins, titles, et cetera, not even close. This man ran an entire conference for Two decades for two decades. And you could say Tom Brady, uh, Bill, uh, Andy Reid didn't win a championship until he got Patrick Mahomes. He was great before Patrick, but he never won a title without Patrick's help. Every coach needs a great quarterback to be able to, to win multiple championships. Unless you're Joe Gibbs, Joe Gibbs was able to win three without a great quarterback. But if you want to be able to establish yourself as a great coach with multiple titles, you got to have great quarterbacks. And at the end of the day, it wasn't until Andy got a great quarterback, maybe the best quarterback ever in Patrick Mahomes for him to win a championship. So he's still got a ways to go. I, 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 I if you want to insert him in the conversation after the third title, you're going to have a tough case, but sure. But I think he, he can't be in the convo until he gets at least four. If he gets four, I think at that point we can start having some real conversations here. But is he going to get to four in his career? I'm not sure, man. Like, you know, there was the kind of hinting or whatever, people taking out of context quotes about retirement. We can't take Andy for granted. We don't know if he's going to be here into his 70s. He's in his mid-60s now. So uh, this isn't a, a conversation I think we should entertain right now. I understand where everyone's coming from, but I, right now – it's not a conversation I'm comfortable having. Many people are going to tell you that the Chiefs have the most pressure right now to repeat as champions. Don't believe them. There are way more teams in the AFC that have more pressure to win a title, and I'll tell you who they are next.
final segment here on After Hours, 610 Sports Radio, the Odyssey app, Chris Ozero, Blake Schneiders. So, yeah, Pete Alonso did not make that comeback after uh, Julio Rodriguez hit 41 home runs. Man, that was a nasty first-round match up there. So now you've got second round here of the Derby. This thing is actually going on. It's taken a lot longer than I, I remember this taking. Usually, uh, I, I was thinking we'd be close to the end here. I forget how long this thing is every year. I, was, I thought we would be closer to the end here. But we're just getting into the second round here as Randy Rosarina takes, uh, takes on Luis Roberts Jr. in the second round. Then after that, you have Vlad Guerrero Jr. taking on Julio Rodriguez, who broke his record with 41 home runs in the first round. Pretty crazy here. So I want to close the show talking about the Chiefs and the pressure that they're going to have mounted on them this coming season, defending champions. And, And the Chiefs have done a great job with the target on their back the last few years. I mean, you go to three Super Bowls in four years, you win two of them. Everyone knows that you are the the bar. You are the, the team to beat. And, you know, everyone's coming for your head. The Chiefs got everyone's best shot in 2020, and they they still won 14 games, went back to the Super Bowl. They got smoked in the Super Bowl, but they got – everyone's best shot and they still went out there and dominated the conference. Then the next year had some hiccups kind of fell off, still got the two seed still hosted the, the conference title game, lost that game, but still you were getting everyone's best shot that year too. And then this past year, you got everyone's best shot and you still won the super bowl. Even though you traded away your best wide receiver, got five picks back, drafted a bunch of rookies. All of those guys went out there and performed. This year, though, even though the Chiefs are the, the the reigning, defending champions of the world, even though everyone's going to be giving them their best shot again this year, everyone's been giving them their best shot for years now. And they still are winning. There are other teams, though, that ain't that ain't taking care of business when they need to. And there's two teams specifically that have way more pressure than the Chiefs do this year. Number one, the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills, I think, have the most pressure of any team in the NFL. The Buffalo Bills have regressed from what they were two years ago. Well, three years ago now. 2020, the Bills were a team that, like, if they won a playoff game, that would be nice. That would have been great. You know, that was a team that looked good throughout the year after they got Stephon Diggs in that trade with the Vikings. Big move for him. Josh Allen took some major steps forward. But I don't think people would have held it against them if they would have, like, lost in the divisional round. And they got to the conference championship game, and the Chiefs dispatched them without too much trouble. The next year, though, 2021, that was supposed to be their year. And I remember saying this two years ago. I was like, if the Bills are ready, or if they want to win a championship, they got to go through the Chiefs. And they got to the playoffs. 
They had an opportunity to get the one seed. They failed to do it. You know, that's one of the things I've been criticizing them for for a while now is like, you know, when when if you if you want to be the 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 man, you got to beat the man and you have to stay on top and you got to be ready to take on the kind of pressure that comes with it. And as soon as they got the one seed, they started losing games and they fell off and they ended up below the Chiefs. They had to go to Arrowhead in the Arrowhead in the divisional round. And even though they put their best effort out there, it wasn't enough to beat the Chiefs. They lost. This past year, though, was their opportunity. It was their chance to go out there and get it. And, you know, unfortunately, DeMar Hamlin's situation happened the way it was. Very unfortunate. As uh, Rosa Reina had hit 30. 30 home. Is that 30 or 38? 30 before the bonus round. 30 before the bonus. Oh, my God. That's crazy. Uh, Rosa Reina, he, he came here to play here in the second round. Um the Bills had a, a great opportunity to seize control of that conference. And then, you know, unfortunately for them, DeMar Hamlin's situation played out, but they had a chance to go play a neutral site conference championship game against the Chiefs. And they got whooped at home by the Bengals. Whooped when they had an opportunity to go and get revenge on the Chiefs in the conference title game. They built that team specifically to beat the Chiefs, and they didn't even get the chance to play them because they got whooped at home by the Bengals. The Bills have to win a championship this year. They're they're hurting cap-wise right now. They've had to 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 make some sacrifices here. They've had to let some guys go. And and right now, I mean, Stephon Diggs doesn't seem like he he's he really wants to be there that much. I know that Josh Allen last week came out and said, oh, y'all guys blew it out of proportion. But, I mean, I don't think anybody blows it out of proportion. You see Stephon Diggs out here saying what he's saying about the team in, like, hushed tones, subtle tones and whatnot. And the way that he kind of – his body language is when he's with the team after the big losses and whatnot. I don't think that's the media making something out of nothing. They got to win this year. Stephon Diggs as well is like – you know, he's starting to get up there. He's almost, I think he's almost in his, I think he's 29 now. I mean, he ain't going to be Stefan Diggs forever. He ain't going to be what he is right now forever. So you got to find some way if you're the Bengals to get over. I mean, not the Bengals, but the bills to get over the hump. Cause they don't this year. Uh, when are they going to do it? They're not a young team. It's not like they went out there and replenished with a bunch of young stars on their team. They're very veteran. I think they're 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 I think they're way older than the Chiefs are. They've got a lot of veterans on that squad, and they still haven't been able to get over the hump there. So Bills have the most pressure of anybody in this league because Josh Allen was supposed to be the the Peyton Manning to to Patrick Mahomes' Tom Brady. And he has not been that. It's been Joe Burrow. The Bengals, though, are the other team that has the most pressure besides the Bills. And the reason why is because, yeah, the Bengals beat the Chiefs three times and the Chiefs only beat them once. The Bengals have zero championships in their team's history. The Chiefs as many, have, as many Super Bowl, have as many Super Bowl championships as the Bengals have Super Bowl appearances. The Bengals talk a lot of trash. I know that you heard uh, earlier today, if you saw that quote from Complex, they did an interview with the quarterback of the Bengals and you know, they kind of put it out there. Like the chiefs are talking a lot of trash and Burrow's like, Oh, we'll, we'll see on the field, even though it's the Bengals that have, won, that have been the ones that's talking trash to the chiefs and the chiefs have just been responding to it. But the Bengals right now are, have the most, have the biggest advantage of any team in the AFC aside from maybe the Jaguars being that they 
don't have to worry about paying all their stars big money for a little while now. Like, yeah, Joe Burrow's going to get a big contract this offseason. He has two years before that contract kicks in because that they always tack it on to the end of the rookie deal. Jamar Chase has three more years before his big money contract kicks in because he's first round pick. They're going to add, they're going to add, they're going to exercise that, that fifth year option. So he's not going to be making the real big money until three years from now because he's probably going to get extended next year or the year after T Higgins though, last year of his rookie deal because he was a second round pick and they're going to have to start making some choices about guys on their roster. They had to make some tough decisions this year. A lot of short, like Jesse Bates, I think is on a, on a short-term deal and they've, they've had a little bit of roster turnover. They're probably going to have some more because they're going to have to make room for other contracts and they paid Orlando Brown jr. Too much money. And now they're, they're going to start making some choices. They got to win one. The chiefs won a Super Bowl on the rookie contract of Patrick Mahomes. Bills failed to do it with Josh Allen. And now Burrow has two more years before his rookie contracts up and they have yet to win a title. If they don't win a title with him on this rookie contract, I, I don't know if they're going to, because it is so hard to win a championship when you are paying a quarterback, the kind of money that he's make the, the kind of money that quarterbacks make today. So you got to do what you do in order to win a championship if you're the you're the Bengals. And right now, their time is starting to run really low because the Chiefs have been the only ones to figure out how to do it. So quick update here before we get out uh, to end the show. Rosa Reina hit, what is that, 35 home runs in the second round? Smashing them. So Luis Roberts Jr. right now is uh, up to bat here in his part of the second round matchup between the two. He has, I think now five. I think that was just his fifth one there. Um, things are, are I, I don't know if he's going to be able to catch him here. I mean, that is a, that is a hell of a, a number there. 35 there in the first round. I mean, in the second round there for Rosarena. And he had 19 in the first round. He just kind of barely skated. Actually, no, he had 24 after the bonus. Things are cutting, cutting pretty close here. Still think Vlad's going to win. Think Julio might be a little tired out after that that crazy ass first round he had in forty one. Think Vlad's gonna be a little motivated there to try and uh, get some revenge after he beat his record. Special thanks to Blake Schneiders for doing all the hard work. No thanks to him for not telling me how to pronounce his last name correctly till we were two hours into the show. Special thanks to you, the listener, for taking time out of your Monday evening to listen to us. I'm Chris Inocero. This is After Hours on 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app.